0: Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses. So any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, and welcome to Lost in Revision. Today we are covering The Boy Who Had an Eating Contest with a Troll, an Ash lad Tale. I am joined once more by Angel and Polly. Angel, give us a sample of how your voice is coming along.
1: Well, it is better, uh, but not great. (laughs) (laughs) I can speak now, but no singing, which is killing my soul. I'm kind of worried about the state of the vocal cords at this point. Um, This is about as good as it's going to get for a while, though.
0: Well, it isn't too bad. Can you get any of your reading done, or would that strain your voice further?
1: If we are okay with the sound quality, I can give it a go. After all, teaching just started back up, so it isn't like I'm going to get to stay silent anyway.
0: Well, I'm fine with your sexy rasp if you are. (laughs)
1: Well, it worked (laughs) for Brenda Ficaro. Well, Brenda Vaccaro made it work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and Polly, how was your rescue mission this morning? Was the quest a success? Escort missions are the worst. Well,
2: Middle Child's Tire is well and truly flat, but it's still parked by the roadside because the tire iron didn't fit the lug nuts, and there's a locking lug with no key.
0: Ugh, quest delayed by a side quest linked to the main quest line. Bummer. I hate when the developers stack quests like that. (laughs) So today we are discussing more trolls. So let's start with the history and culture that this story developed in.
2: Well, this story comes from Norway, where apparently they like to squeeze cheese and pretend it's rocks.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) That just sounds all kinds of wrong.
2: (laughs) squeezing water from cheese seems to be a common trick in norwegian tales
0: <laughs> i can only imagine all of the norwegian mothers rolling their eyes at the dinner table feats of strength and the after
2: dinner yeah. feats of cleaning up that darn mess on the floor stop laughing at the <laughs> children, finn it's not
1: funny oh, but honey <laughs> <laughs> it makes me wonder What the rocks in Norway look like, because none of them in Texas look anything like cheese, or maybe it's the cheese in Norway that looks very different.
2: Well, I looked it up, and there are some Norwegian cheeses that really kind of do look like rocks.
1: Weird. Okay.
2: (laughs) But giants are pretty dumb, I guess. There's there's the usual family dynamic of an older brother who's strong and brave, but not brave enough to face a terrible giant. And And then there's the youngest son, often called the Ash Lad, or Boots in English versions, who marches off
1: fearlessly to trick the giant into defeating himself. You know, the Ash Lad character shows up often in Norwegian tales. There are even times when different variants of the names used that translate to Ash Lad are used in the same story. What is interesting is the fact that in the households of the time, the job of blowing on the coal to stoke the fire was the job typically given to the member of the family who was the least fit to handle more demanding chores. So it was usually given to like a small child or a fragile grandmother. So if someone had a name like Askeladdon, it would give an immediate, not so favorable impression of the character to the readers there
2: is some debate on this name origin it is either as you say to do the blowing on the ashes or it refers to the ash tree young scandinavian ash trees are tall and thin with pale smooth bark so there may be a physical similarity to an adolescent boy interestingly but not relevant to the story ash trees are gender fluid a tree that has all mer- a tree that has all male characteristics on one season may produce all female characteristics the following season
0: Interesting. I think this will lead us into our new segment, Hag Corner, where I discuss different lore about herbs, creatures, myths, and magic, and some of the science behind it. I'm stealing that idea, and this is what I'm researching, so let's uh, let's jump into Hag Corner real quick.
1: I really enjoyed you talking about it on your Hag Corner TikTok. That's right down <laughs> my alley
2: i love when the science and the magic go out walking together yeah, that makes it
0: super fun so welcome to hag corner i'll probably add some little doodly doo like musicy stuff
2: or as the Tale generation knows it silly songs with larry
0: exactly like <laughs> we're just gonna have this little segment to talk about something that's not story related Today, we are discussing the folklore of the ash tree in our hag corner. The ash tree is an interesting specimen because it embodies change. As Polly noted, ash trees do require two trees to reproduce. The male and the female flowers are on different trees. That being said, the trees are able to determine whether they will be male or female each year and are known to switch from season to season. Wait, they can pick? Well... You're the one that told me about it. Yeah, but I thought it was like
2: those African frogs where they just become one or the other based on population. Or there's that fish
0: that becomes male when it gets old. Well, it might be like that, but I haven't really heard about tree communication getting to the point of knowing if they choose it on purpose. So let's move on to some of the folklore about (laughs) the trees. (laughs) Ashwood is said to ward off evil spirits when burned. In Norse mythology, the world tree from which humanity sprang is an ash tree that supports the entire universe. It connects the nine realms. A goat that grazes by the tree gives mead instead of milk for Odin's hall.
1: Sorry. <laughs> now I just have this image of this goat bee hybrid. <laughs> fermenting that combination is definitely going to make for a wild party you can have cheese and mead
0: i wouldn't put it past norse mythology
2: they'll hybridize anything he goes Maz. I can't. oh god
0: <laughs> once odin hanged himself on the world tree for nine days and nine nights and with this sacrifice he gained wisdom that sounds familiar and knowledge of runes sorry i was adding it in it wasn't on the tiktok oh. <laughs> so ash wood is extremely strong and flexible with very tight grain and many mighty warriors including odin were said to wield weapons made of ash in english lore the tree is rumored to work as a snake deterrent and a wart remover though pricking a wart with a needle and then inserting that needle into a tree doesn't seem very likely to harness the
1: medicinal properties of the tree to me okay wait that made my landscaping decision for me right there nothing is better than keeping away snakes in texas
2: (laughs) scientifically probably something to do with stuff falling off the tree into the earth or seeping up from the roots being an irritant for
0: snakes at a guess well that is if if it's even scientifically sound because i didn't dive into that rabbit hole
1: oh my god it's true guys (laughs) it's true I just quickly researched it and it has to do with the high levels of potassium and other compounds found in the wood. I mean, some in some instances they're saying you have to make burn it and make it actual ash from the ash tree for it to work. The tree just growing in your yard may not do anything. But that's it. I'm buying ash trees. <laughs>
0: Okay, well, research this one then, because some cultures developed the practice of passing sick people, mostly infants, through a cleft in an ash tree in a healing ritual. Some trees would have the cleft cut into it to pass the sick infant through, and then the cleft would be bound closed again. From that moment, the person and the tree were considered linked in health, and people would fiercely protect their trees because they believed that injury to the tree would be reflected in the person.
1: You know, I wonder if that is the beginnings of the legends of tree nymphs.
0: Well, it could be. The people protecting a specific tree so ardently might suggest it. I'm going to say power of positive thinking
2: here. Proximity to the tree won't heal you no matter what healing properties its substance has.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's very likely. So for the real medicine part, ash leaves and bark were used in early medicine and are still in medicine today as an anti-inflammatory. They're in aspirin and stuff. So um, the science of healing is real. It's just not walking through a cleft in a tree doesn't link you to the tree. <laughs> I I mean <laughs> maybe close. maybe it does and I just don't know the science behind it yet. Who knows? <laughs> but okay, so the last thing of hag corner is if you're working on a floral arrangement and you want to convey a certain meaning in the language of the flowers, the blossoms mean grandeur, which perfectly captures the beauty and usefulness of this tree. And that is all for today's hag corner back to our regularly scheduled shenanigans
2: i need a tree whisperer now
0: <laughs> i need to go i need to go walk through the cleft of a tree and see what it heals so For the versions of this story, I didn't find very many versions of the eating contest. They were all, the versions seemed to be completely different enough that they can be covered as standalone stories. So I guess this one just didn't get edited much or it stayed the same, but with new adventures added on for the Ash Boy, like Kate and
1: her magic forests. There is a 2010 Norwegian film called Troll Hunter that references this story. I had never heard of it before doing research for this episode, but it looks interesting. They have four different Norwegian trolls in it, and they look seriously fearsome and huge. Additional side note, they have started a series of Ashlad movies. The Ashlad in the Hall of the Mountain King looks really cool. I saw
0: that in my search, too. It does look really fun. This also reminded me of Spellmonger and the Book-Loving <gasps> Troll.
1: Oh my god, yes. I love the literate troll, the one who collects books. Yep. He's so fun. I know.
2: <laughs> I got to check that movie series out. Peer Gynt is one of my favorite mm, symphonies. Is it a whole symphony or just a movement? I don't know. Anyway, and now I need to get around to reading your spellmonger books. Y'all keep talking about it. And it sounds so intriguing when you talk about it.
0: <laughs> it is. I feel like I'm left out. Fantastic series. You are left out. You should join us.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I love
0: it so much. So <laughs> for our listeners, I just cut out like an hour of book talk. You are welcome. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> so. Maybe we can add on that kind of stuff for our patrons when we get some that aren't related to us. So So let's move on to Polly reading the story.
2: The Ash Lad Who Had an Eating Match with a Troll There was once a farmer who had three sons. He was badly off and old and feeble and his sons wouldn't turn their hands to a thing. To the farm belonged a large, good forest, and there the father wanted the boys to chop wood and see about paying off some of the debt. At last he got them around to his way of thinking, and the eldest was to go out chipping first. When he had made his way into the forest and had started chopping a shaggy fir tree, a big, burly troll came up to him. "'If you're chopping in my forest, I'm going to kill you,' said the troll." When the boy heard that, he flung aside the axe and headed for home again as best he could. He got home clean out of breath and told them what had happened to him, but his father said he was chicken-hearted, and the trolls had never scared him from chopping wood when he was young, he said. On the next day the second son was to set out, and he fared just like the first. When he had struck the fir tree a few blows with his axe, the troll came up to him, too, and said, "'If you're chopping in my forest, I'm going to kill you!' the boy hardly dared look at him, he flung aside the axe and took to his heels just like his brother, and just as fast. When he came home again, his father became angry, and said that the trolls had never scared him when he was young. On the third day, the ash lad wanted to set out. You, said the two eldest, you'll certainly manage it, you who've never been beyond the front door. He didn't say much to that, the ash lad didn't, but just asked for as big a lunch as possible to take with him. His mother had no curds. "'So she hung the cauldron over the fire to curdle a little cheese for him. "'This he put in his knapsack and set out on his way. "'When he had been chopping for a little while, the troll came to him and said, "'If you're chopping in my forest, I'm going to kill you.' "'But the boy wasn't slow. "'He ran over to the knapsack to get the cheese and squeezed it till the whey spurted. "'If you don't hold your tongue,' he shrieked to the troll, "'I'll squeeze you the way I'm squeezing the water out of this white stone.' "'Nay, dear fellow, spare me,' said the troll. "'I'll help you chop.' Well, on that condition the boy would spare him, and the troll was clever at chopping, so they managed to fell and cut many cords of wood during the day. As evening was drawing nigh, the troll said, "'Now you can come home with me. My house is closer than yours.' Well, the boy went along, and when they came to the troll's home, he was to make up the fire in the hearth, while the boy was to fetch water for the porridge-pot. But the two iron buckets were so big and heavy that he couldn't so much as budge them. So the boy said, "'Ah, it's not worth taking along these thimbles. I'm going after the whole well, I am.' "'Nay, my dear fellow,' said the troll, "'I can't lose my well. You make the fire, and I'll go after the water.' When he came back with the water, they cooked up a huge pot of porridge. "'If it's the same to you,' said the boy, "'let's have an eating match.' "'Oh, yes,' replied the troll, for at that he felt he could always hold his own. Well, they sat down at the table, but the boy stole over and took the knapsack and tied it in the front of him— and he scooped more into the knapsack than he ate himself. When the knapsack was full, he took up his knife and ripped a gash in it. The troll looked at him, but didn't say anything. When they had eaten a good while longer, the troll put down his spoon. "'Nay, I can't manage any more,' said he. "'You must eat,' said the boy. "'I'm barely half full yet. Do as I did and cut a hole in your stomach. Then you can eat as much as you wish.' "'But doesn't that hurt dreadfully?' asked the troll. "'Oh, nothing to speak of,' replied the boy." So the troll did as the boy said, and then, you might know, that was the end of him. But the boy took all the silver and gold to be found in the mountain and went home with it. With that, he could at least pay off some of the debt.
0: All right, and we're back. So, what is your favorite part or version? I have always liked boy versus giant
2: stories, especially when I was young because the giants are huge and fearsome, but they're kind of stupid. You know, <laughs> if you, if you can trick them by being clever, they usually will bring about their own demise and whatever I encounter bullying. And I was bullied some as a child by big mean bullies. So I tended to lean toward cleverness as my defense and let them trip themselves up.
1: Mm. That's a really good point about the bullies and everything, but the part that really stuck out to me, and I wouldn't exactly call it my favorite part of the story, but I really felt sorry for this particular troll when the boy tricked him into cutting open his own stomach and dying. I mean, as trolls go, he seemed like a rather nice and reasonable sort of fellow, I mean, I know the boy stealing the gold and silver to pay off the family debt is supposed to make him the hero of the story, but it seemed kind of villainish to me. You know, that troll was going to eat that
2: boy at his first opportunity, right?
0: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Jack and the Beanstalks, he's just breaking and entering. Grind their head. bones hey, into hey, bread. Hey,
1: that's just <laughs> profiling. Maybe he was just lonely and wanted to make a friend.
0: Yeah, did friend.
1: <laughs> yeah. I
0: have to agree from the hag perspective that the young ones are tastier.
1: <laughs> uh not that's cougar, not hag. <laughs> well you would know. Hey. Yes. Well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
2: There is some speculation that the youngest son gets to be the hero because he's the one who might be bullied by his older brothers and so he would have the cleverness and resourcefulness to be able to trick the giants where the older sons would rely on brute
0: strength and thus fail against the much larger and stronger giants. Well, when I got to the point of the story where the troll just invites him over for dinner, I was so confused. Like, what is happening? Is that something that they just did with enemies frequently it was so random
1: yeah if i had been the boy i think i would have found a polite way to refuse i mean the fact that he was like sure sounds fun it really <laughs> makes me doubt the trope of him being clever
2: it clever doesn't necessarily mean you have any sense whatsoever genius doesn't come with
0: horse sense <laughs>
1: Very good point. As a teacher of many middle schoolers, I can verify that statement.
0: (laughs) Well, they have yet to develop the brain bits for sense at that age. I think there are plenty of adults to use as examples. (laughs) 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 So what do y'all think the original lessons of this story was trying to convey?
2: It's better to use cleverness to defeat a bully than to use violence.
1: I would agree with that. And maybe add a little bit of pay attention to your surroundings and make the most of your resources you have on hand.
0: Yeah, planning ahead seems to also be like a key to his success. So let's move on into the modern lessons. And what do you think that we could learn from this nowadays? To, to me, it's all kind of like a fake it till you make it type of thing and <laughs> pick dumb enemies like today's Internet trolls. But you're not supposed to feed the trolls. (laughs) Bait isn't feeding. (laughs) Oh, so we're hunting seeded fields now? I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do to survive the wild web. (laughs) Just because we're the
1: spiders. (laughs) (laughs) I, I actually didn't like thinking about a modern lesson for this one. Because the story read to me as a take advantage of those who aren't as smart as you in order to become rich sort of story Mm -hmm. um not a lesson i really want to teach my kids which could be part of why i had never heard of this story before could also be why it's much harder to find online now than it was six months ago because the trolls ate it Mm, sounds about right yeah
2: Sometimes people are just not paying enough attention to what's going on. It's easy to be successful if you're the one paying attention.
0: True, Polly. (laughs) True. So in closing, what do you think happened after the story? Well,
2: his brothers probably didn't underestimate him anymore. Mm.
1: I think the troll's beautiful big sister found out what happened. And she came after the Ash Lad to make him regret his life choices. She isn't nearly as gullible as her little brother was.
0: Okay. To piggyback off of yours, then I'm going to go with the lore that I read about of troll women being beautiful and keeping human men as pets. So I guess the (laughs) Ash lad was one of the ones who got enthralled and kept as a pet.
2: (laughs) So it's like Wesley told Fezzik, sleep well and dream of large women. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's the uh it's the rip van winkle effect when they wake up from it too <laughs>
1: because they don't
0: remember and they don't realize how long they've been gone
1: so that's awesome
0: thanks for joining us today check us out on patreon you can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires and helps keep this show alive and growing